0: Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Legal Conversations. A warm welcome to Jared Poole, who's an admitted attorney and also a legal solutions manager at a tech startup called Briefco Cost Consultants. Thank you very much, Jared, for joining us.
1: Thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure to be with you guys.
0: Well, this evening we're talking disciplinary hearings and uh, yeah. how they work. Well, we are aware that sometimes, you know, as employees, we tend to step over the line, um, whether yeah. it's out of oblivion or just sheer you know, disrespect of the rule of the company that we're employed in. Um, and then we end up finding ourselves in these troubled waters where we are called in for disciplinary hearings. Let's talk about the process um, that governs legally a disciplinary hearing. What is it?
1: So so firstly, um, I think it's also really important to understand that when we seek um, whether or not to Uh, make use of or give a second thought to disciplinary hearings is that disciplinary hearings isn't supposed to be there to just intimidate all of um, your employees. Uh, Like you say, sometimes there's a a foot that is misstepped and the disciplinary uh, action just kicks in as a way of helping to reform the behavior. So it's before any kind of hard decisions can take place. Now, in terms of um, guiding us in how to navigate these waters, we have the uh, Labor Relations Act and schedule eight of the Labour Relations Act is actually the Code of Good Practice, which is based on dismissal, and in there they talk about um, and give some guidance as to sort of how to approach the 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 topic of disciplinary hearings in your workplace and 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 how to ensure that uh, there is fair process for all parties involved.
0: Mm, okay. Now, in in terms of um, the, the the disciplinary hearing. What are some of the scenarios that would constitute one?
1: So it would obviously depend and and be based on your industry and your profession. Um, I know, for instance, uh, that certain industries and uh, professions value confidentiality um, in a lot more ways than others. And so, for instance, even though there is the popular laws that are in, in effect, um, there are certain professions that are, were dealing with those levels of confidentiality long before um, the, the broader strokes of topic came into effect. So, for instance, if there was any kind of breach of confidentiality in terms of um, of information sharing, that sort of uh, be normally where you are um, given a chance to sort of provide your side of the story at the disciplinary hearing. Other times would be for when you are able or without leave um, we, your employee sort of says, listen, we understand that this has now gone wrong and you've, you've, you haven't behaved according to what the standard is for this um, employment uh, environment. But we want to be able to give you a chance to at least tell your side of the story in case there's something you're missing or don't know. So, you know, there are certain things that are broader that are, are obviously, um, it, it, it's, it even uh, goes across industries. Um, But a lot of the times there are smaller transgressions that um, uh, can be a lot more egregious in certain professions over others. So uh, this is why we always like to give the advice of making sure that there is this disciplinary process. As soon as you get your first employee, that you start giving um, thought to what these uh, sort of transgressions look like and at what point do they then escalate into a more serious uh, nature.
0: Let's let's talk about who's supposed to be part of these disciplinary hearings, especially um, knowing that other companies have downsized and they might not have a big human resources um, department.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, again, it will depend on the size of the company that you're working for. What would usually happen is, is that if there is a disciplinary hearing that comes, uh, let's just say, for instance, an employee is in a situation where they are facing a disciplinary hearing, um it can just come from, the communication can just come from a management position or someone who oversees their role, and they'll be given a notice for uh, to attend and, and to prepare for this disciplinary hearing. Now, one of the rights that you have as an employee is that you can actually have um, either a co-worker, a shop steward, or a union representative represent you at these proceedings. Obviously, if you don't have a union representative, then that will be ruled out, and that's why they also make it that a co-worker can represent you at these proceedings. And then, you know, the employer as a representative, you as the employee, obviously, there with your chosen representative, if that's who you want to be involved as well. If you um, would like a an interpreter present, um, then that is also someone that's going to be involved in the process. And then the last person is going to be the chairperson of the uh, disciplinary unit. Uh, And this is going to be someone who is an independent third party that gets brought in and they sit down and they hear both sides of the story and then they make a decision. Now, their decision is then um, given as a recommendation to the employer who can then either choose to adhere to that decision or they can choose to to act against it as well.
0: When the disciplinary um, notice uh, is given for attendance, right, Um, who should be giving it how much notice should you have and what should be on this particular notice?
1: That's actually a very good question because it is one of the things that, um, again, people also have the wrong interpretation of this. The laws of our country allow for an employer to give you a reasonable period to prepare for a disciplinary hearing. So it's not always that you have to get a two-weeks notice of your disciplinary hearing or that you have to get a, a, um, a three-month notice for your disciplinary hearing, whatever the case may be. There is no defined time period. Um, the, the The situation is looked at from a factual perspective. And reasonableness is then gauged by looking at that situation. So it can vary depending on your employer. What will happen is that when you receive your um, notice for your disciplinary hearing, there are things that you that you should be looking out for. Um, they are guaranteed rights that every employee employee has when going into a disciplinary hearing. This includes knowing about the date of the hearing, the time, and the venue of the hearing, so you know where to be and when. It also has to include the details of the alleged breach or the charge that's leveled against you as the employee. This is so that you know what exactly is being alleged and exactly what is being put to you um, that you then either can uh, prepare for to to disprove or to to, uh, rebut. Another thing that you are going to then have is your rights that uh, we discussed a bit earlier um, on, where you are going to be informed that you are allowed a representative to assist you. And that again is either the co worker, shop steward, or the union rep. And then also that you have the right to an interpreter in case, you know, your, your employer, for instance, um, uh, usually likes to conduct everything in English and maybe English is not your first language. You then have the right to, even at that stage, request. Um, An interpreter and the right that you have needs to be highlighted in your notice that you have the right to call an interpreter as well as any witnesses um, that you would like to, to, to help prove your version of events.
0: Now, you mentioned that representatives can either be a co-worker, shop steward or union rep. What if you feel none of these people are available or are willing to assist you to the degree that you need assistance with and you end up choosing to be um, represented by a lawyer?
1: Mm. So again, a very good question because it does happen often where you go into these environments and you find that the witnesses you want to use are your fellow co-workers or someone that is also working at the same company. And by them using you as a witness, uh, you're sort of being put in the crosshairs. So it is very normal to also have, um, you know, situations whereby an employee would like to call on um, either witnesses or a co-worker to um, assist them. And then they, uh, these witnesses or these co-workers are less uh, likely to then come out and to speak up against the employee at that stage. Um all is not lost in terms of the disciplinary yearning at that stage already. What happens is, is that in a situation like this, if you're finding yourself in a place where you find yourself between a rock and a hard place and no one wants to assist you, but you do believe that your rights are being violated, um, most of the times employment contracts uh, direct that the internal mechanisms need to be fully exhausted before matter can be taken externally. And while the matter is still internally being dealt with the company, um, there won't be the uh, uh, necessary or the, there won't be the leeway for involving an attorney at that uh, pre- uh, premature stage. However, once the matter then makes it to the CCMA or the bargaining council, so for instance, you go through the disciplinary process, obviously, you believe that you weren't allowed um, uh, the necessary witnesses, you perhaps weren't given an interpreter, so you never understood a lot of what was going on. Um, or for whatever reason you felt that there was entry process, then you refer the matter to the Bargaining Council or CCMA. And if arbitration fails at the CCMA or Bargaining Council, then um, you then have the right to have an attorney represent you at the arbitration there. And um, then what will happen is your attorney will come on record for you um, and and do an application if necessary um, and represent you in that that formal uh, capacity at that stage.
0: So, Jared, there's times where you as the employee might be after the, the, the disciplinary hearing given a written or verbal warning, a suspension. Mm. Sometimes it's without pay or even a demotion mm. or a dismissal. Can, can you explain to us what 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 informs the decision by the the, the panel that's sitting at this uh, disciplinary hearing as to what measures they should give to an employee
1: so the first thing that you'd want to consider is the factual situation and the factual nature of the transgression again like i said earlier a lot of the times it varies depending on your working environment so you're always going to take into account the fact that you are dealing with separate situations every time you walk into a new environment with allegations so what you want to look for is you want to look for consistency in the facts around the situation, and that will normally guide as to the severity of the um, of the transgression. You also want to look at the intention of the transgressor. Were they doing something intentionally? Was it um, uh, unknowingly that they then transgressed whatever working uh, rule that you had, um, and also the effects of the transgression in terms of what is the consequence of that for the company for the company whether it be a reputational um, um, damage, whether it be the safety of the other workers, um, or whether it just be damage to property, for instance. So all of those things will then um, uh, be considered by the chairperson, and, and you'd look at the extent of all of those factors. Another thing that normally happens is that while you are in the disciplinary hearing, um, the the chairperson, regardless of what decision they are leaning towards, the chairperson will just normally allow for each party to submit what they think the uh, fair and reasonable um, um, form of penalty should be against the employee. And that also guides the, the chairperson as to exactly the understanding of the transgression and the understanding of the employer as to how serious of the of nature the, the transgression was. So that's the kind of thing that a chairperson is going to look out for and um is going to be guided obviously in a case by case situation as to what um a severe situation looks like.
0: Mm. Um, and, and you were explaining a bit uh, about, uh, you know, w- what you do if you need to then go to the CCM At what point should you mm. be going there um, if you want to take the case further and you're not satisfied with the outcomes of your particular mm. uh, disciplinary hearing?
1: Again, a very, a very um, uh, regular occurrence that I had was that people sort of believed that once the disciplinary hearing never went away, that that was the end of the road. Um, and that is not the case. What happens is, is the, the, the chairperson makes the recommendation to the employer. If, for instance, the chairperson um, says that they believe that the appropriate punishment should only be a final warning and your employer decides to then uh, fire you and let you go, you can then, if you feel as if the, the um penalty is a bit too harsh, you can then refer the matter to the CCMA. Now it's gonna make a very big difference whether or not uh, you have been let go and your, your your relationship has formally come to an end or whether you have just given a very severe um, um, uh, punishment that carries but your, 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 your employment relationship hasn't ended. So in the case of where you have actually been fired and you believe that the uh, decision was incorrect, you then have 30 days to refer the matter to either the bargaining council or the CCMA that has the necessary jurisdiction to deal with the matter. And um, if it is simply that you you are given a final warning but you believe that only a verbal warning should have been the appropriate um, um, transgression, then um, you have 90 days to be able to refer the matter as an unfair labor practice. So... Once the disciplinary hearing doesn't swing your way, there is still a way for you to, to appeal the decision, if you can call it that, by taking it to a higher form of authority. But obviously with the, um, the capacity of, of all of these forums, um, the legislative intention is to try and ensure that you know, employers and employees uh, sort these problems out and come to um, a satisfactory outcome on their own Um, because you also really have to to worry about the sensitive nature of the employer-employment relationship.
0: Mm. Jared, we need to uh, round off our discussion there. Um, But how do our A-teamers get in touch with someone like yourself who has an understanding of these legal issues, especially when they're facing a disciplinary hearing?
1: The first thing I would say is if you are facing this kind of situation, don't panic. Just allow yourself to... Um, to uh, sort of soak in what is happening, and then you need to try and ensure that you get to an attorney that specializes in labor law to give you an opinion and to assist you with the process. Even if you are simply dealing with a um, disciplinary process and the attorney can't represent you in your um, formal uh, um, hearing, what they can do is they can give you more information that is relevant to your situation that can help you through those proceedings what to prepare, how to prepare, um, what to focus on, and which points to focus on. Um, and so for that, the, the easiest way to do that is to um, um, uh, simply go onto the internet and to Google a labor attorney or a labor lawyer in your area, and there should be a good few names that pops up. However, if it is that you don't have access to that kind of resources, I would then always recommend visiting um, either a, the offices of either a bargaining council or the CCMA itself, And to um, talk with the employees of the CCMA and ask them for guidance as to how they can get or how you can get the necessary resources to equip you, whether it be um, with representation or just with knowledge on on your employment situation.
0: Thank you so very much, Jared, uh, for joining us this evening. It's always a great pleasure.
1: Perfect. And thank you guys for having me as well. It's always, always great talking to you guys.